They rebranded Matt's Crest to be the Crest of Friendship and Cooking. Welcome to episode 5 of Prodigious, your weekly over-analytical tour through the Digimon multiverse. I'm Jeff Ruberg, and I'm joined by Ashley McDonald. Hi. And Astra Softman. Hello. First off, we have some feedback about episode 3, and this comes from Blue Lightning on the With the Will forums, and it's in regards to our discussion about the Black Years being a part of File Island predating Devimon. Um, and this is what he had to say. Devimon can corrupt with his touch. He did this a couple of times to Leomon. I think all of the black ears that corrupted Digimon on Fire Island were sent out by Devimon, and all of the ones that were just inside the island stayed there and didn't fly off and corrupt Digimon. So maybe the black ears weren't themselves inherently evil, but they were useful to Devimon once he'd added his evil touch. And yeah, I think that's an interesting theory, uh, especially since we never see the gears inside the island do any corruption. And I also found it odd that Devimon had two different ways of corrupting Digimon, either through his touch of evil uh, directly or through his black ears. And it would make some sense if his if the black ears were just a mechanism to transport his touch of evil corruption. Um, yeah, so I think that's an interesting theory. Uh, unfortunately, we don't get enough time to actually, there's not enough evidence in the show itself to corroborate any of these theories. But yeah, that's an interesting interpretation. So thanks for saying that in. This week, we're doing a special episode entirely about episode 21 of Adventure, an abrupt inter-arc pause and about-face in style, tone, and pacing. Here's a quick recap. We pick up directly after Edamon is destroyed, opening a rift that sucks up tying Metal Greymon. In episode 21, Home Away From Home, Ty faces his biggest threat yet, a little sister. Once the writers remember that Kari exists, they devise a way to send Ty to Japan for an episode so we can watch her feed watermelon to Koromon. And that's the whole episode, guys. <laughs> i think we should mention that we watched both the english and the japanese since it was only one episode and yeah okay everything about this episode is so different from all the 20 episodes that came before it (laughs) why is this night different from all other nights (laughs) no one's gonna get your jew references ah you got Um, my jew reference yeah i did i didn't get it there's jew references going on passover is monday and it's a thing we say why is this night different from all other nights because oh. there's a lot of rituals that go along with Passover. Right. So we wanted to talk about this episode because it is, well, at least this is the reason I want to talk about it. And I dragged Ash and Ashley along um, because it's directed by Mamoru Hosoda, uh, who directed the two movies for Adventure, as well as um, Summer Wars. Summer War? Summer Wars. It's Wars, plural. Summer, Summer Wars. Wars. Yes. Uh, One Piece movie, apparently. Yes, he did. The sixth One Piece movie. I was not aware of that. Um, (laughs) And the girls out through time. And what's the new one? Wolf Children? Oh, yeah, that was him, too. I haven't haven't seen that, but I want to see it. It has Wolf in the title. Why have I not watched it? Because I told you watch it, and you were like, So, So that's why we wanted to talk about this episode in particular. And it's pretty obvious, even if you don't know, that it's directed by someone completely different with a... It's pretty obviously a different animation yeah. style. Um, yeah, for sure. And it's kind of weird because it sets it up. You get the impression that the all the episodes in Japan are going to be like this. And I wish that were true. Oh my god, it was so much better. It's so pretty. Everything was so much better. I'm like, is this just what the... Is the real world prettier? Like, I don't know. See, the thing with that is I remember as a kid not liking this episode because it was different and it wasn't... It was too serious and... and... <laughs> I don't know if I realized the animation was different. I knew the colors were different. The, the colors are more muted in this, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. this episode. It's, it's definitely obvious in the in the movies the animation is different, but I feel like there's not enough action in this to really notice it. Um, really? Well, I mean, there is looking back at it now, but like as a kid, I don't think I didn't notice it. Whereas in the movie, like, there's so much stuff that's going on that it's really hard to not notice. It was all just so much more flowy and pretty and not glitchy looking. <laughs> the backgrounds were actual backgrounds and not <clears throat> splotchy. Yeah. Uh, they didn't yeah. have lots of characters to animate. Most of the time that there are crazy um, errors in animation Digimons because they have like seven characters on screen. They just didn't draw the eyes of one of them or drew two <laughs> beaks or whatever. I'm actually looking now at the, the Digimon wiki page usually lists animation errors um, for each episode. Mm-hmm. The only one it lists for this episode is that the landmarks displayed from... Ty's apartment building are incorrect. And it's saying because it's saying because the Ferris wheel is shown directly outside the window or the balcony, but in reality there are buildings blocking that view. I don't consider that animation error. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's a continuity error. That's also also maybe there weren't buildings at the time. I don't know. Should we I guess we should talk about which version we like better. The the dub the English dub or the Japanese with subtitles and Um Okay. The Japanese. <laughs> 
Yeah. The Japanese. Uh, is there any question for any of us? No. Uh, I don't. Yeah, no. I, I guess they each did something in my mind better than the other, but overall, the Japanese is better. Yeah, I guess there were a couple things I liked about the English, but outside of those little things, that I definitely thought overall the the Japanese is, especially because this is so different tonally. And then they, I feel like the dub was definitely tonally different than the rest of the episodes of the dub, but not as much as the like. It still tried to. I guess they didn't try to insert jokes every five seconds like the rest of the episodes, but they still tried to fill in silence. Yeah, it definitely was. There was still more jokiness in the English one than in the Japanese one. I think the biggest thing that was different in English from Japanese totally was that I blames his digivice a lot more. Yeah. Then in the Japanese, like in the Japanese, he's like. I mean, not not anymore. Not not more. It's just not even there in the Japanese. That's true. It's not there in the Japanese. They they try to make it a contrive, or they try to make it less contrived. They try to make it so that Tai is unable to get Koromon to draw until the fight at the end, which doesn't really make that much sense because why would he need to? Yeah. In Japanese, it's just he just digivolves at the end because that's when he needs to. And in English, yeah. they say that I think they say that he needs he's trying to eat food to digivolve and doesn't work. And then he's like, ah, oh, why doesn't my digivice work? Yeah, and then in the English, in that last sequence, it becomes a fight between Tai and Koromon. Like, Koromon is, says stuff like, Tai, I need to digivolve, like, do something. And Tai is like, I, I can't, this stupid digivice doesn't work. Koromon's like, Tai, you're like letting me down. Whereas in the Japanese, it's much more like, Tai is like, I'm trying to help you, Koromon. You don't need to fight by yourself. And Koromon's like, oh, thanks, Tai. Yeah, I, I had some thoughts about that in the English one. And I was that one note I had was that maybe in the human world, and I know this is just taking this episode by itself, maybe in this episode, in the human world, the Digimon has to be the one that's in trouble in order to activate the Digivice. Because Ogremon went after Koromon, not Tai and Kari or any of the other humans around. Mm-hmm. And it was Tai's fear for Koromon that made him evolve, maybe. I dislike how they introduced the, that change for this one episode. The- well, yeah, I don't, I don't think it is consistent across anything. And it's just, I, I don't think it's really a thing. But I thought, what if, you know? What if Digimon had any consistency? Wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> <laughs> There are so many what ifs things. There's a there's a there's actually a post um with the will right now um or a thread that's pretty interesting in this. I think the title is uh, like what are your Digimon head cannons? Which are I guess the point is things that you read into that you think are canonical. Um, one of the ones that got its own thread that I thought was particularly interesting was this person's theory that I should look up the name, but their theory that the Dark Masters are the Digimon companions of the original set of Digidestined, the previous generation. Ooh. That's a really cool one. So that they were too old, um, and so they were easily corrupted. And I read that, I was like, I wish this were the case. That'd be so much more awesome. That's a really cool theory. Yeah. But there were there were five. Uh, maybe Apocalymon? Oh. Oh, Myotismon is what he said. Oh. Okay. Oh, that would make sense, too. Yeah. Uh, and apparent, so there's a novelization of Adventure that is... It seems like it's in the middle of coming out now. Maybe it's out, but not fully translated. Um, But apparently there uh, is reason to believe that that novelization is leaning towards explaining the previous generation Digimon to being the uh, holy beasts. So like uh, Azulongmon and uh, those guys? Yeah. Ashley, do you remember those? No, I'm pretending I understand anything you say by not speaking. (laughs) They, They show up in season two. Yeah, they don't show up at all in season one. Oh, that would be cool. The actually, like they got the giant snake in the sky and the tree turtle and the tiger. Yeah, they're based on the. Uh, are they based on the same things that are like the Shuji Yuji? Yeah, yeah. People, yeah. yeah. Or like okay. Shuji. I can never pronounce it correctly. Shuji-yugi. That Yuatase thing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I read that. Yes, they're based on much. that. <laughs> okay, I don't remember the Digimon versions though. <laughs> They're more prominent in Tamers, anyway. Uh. Well, I, I don't know, I guess it's different. In Tamers, Azulangmon isn't as prominent. Azulangmon is really prominent in, in Zero Two. Like in Zero Two, Azulangmon is the only one that's featured in Tamers, however you pronounce that name. Like, I, don't, I don't want to try to pronounce it. I don't even know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? Shuchaomon? Oh, this, this article doesn't have a pronunciation guide. Um, but he's the one that's like the villain in Tamers for a while. Anyway, why are we talking Kinda about it? looks familiar. <laughs> I really remember nothing, apparently. I remember a theory that um, the 
previous Digidestined generation were among the kid's parents. Like, that Izzy's father was one of the original Digidestined. Oh my god. Why? Like, not not his biological father, not not um, adopted parents. Eh. That seems overplayed, trope. It does seem overplayed, but at the same time, like, I could believe Digimon would pull that. Especially since <laughs> Matt's, Matt's dad seemed pretty chill about Digimon later on. You'll see soon. Maybe he just does a lot of drugs. Wow, way to make assumptions about Matt's dad. <laughs> You made assumptions about Matt's dad, so I get to make opposite assumptions of Matt's dad. When did I make assumptions about Matt's dad? You're like, he's chill about Digimon, maybe because he was a Digimon. Oh, I guess. Maybe he was a Digimon. Maybe. He doesn't know enough about Digimon for that. <laughs> well, he definitely wasn't a Digimon. Maybe, like, Gabumon has, like, the fur coat on top. Um, he's a Digimon with just a human coat on. Uh... We've we've seen Digimon do that. The result is usually kind of creepy. Hello, Edamon. <laughs> I I wasn't thinking of that. I was thinking of the Bakemon. Edamon is so creepy. I'm so glad we're done with him. <laughs> Comes back. Oh yeah, you didn't, when, you didn't remember he comes back. Maybe I only. I actually feel like most of the episodes we just watched were unfamiliar. I remember like Pixiemon and random things. I feel like I might remember him more actually in the later arcs because I probably saw that. Pixiemon is only in one episode. Again, he's only in two total, I guess. Yeah, he shows up one more time. And Edamon, I think I forget how many episodes when he comes back. It might be one or two when he comes back as Metal Edamon. <laughs> I think there are better things to wish were canon in Digimon. This is a minor. This is a minor like dub difference that I feel like was there to co- to create tension in a because it's, it's like it's so totally different. I feel like they had to create a reason for kids to think like why aren't they fighting now and not just. I guess they were afraid kids would be frustrated with the idea of Ty just relaxing. Right, and I think I think I was as a kid. <laughs> I think I must have been. <laughs> I don't remember noticing this at all. I wanted to know what happened to everybody. And in the dub, when he's calling around, you don't know who he's calling. And in the sub, it's like he goes for Izzy first and then Sora and then Matt. And like, you know, he's actually concerned about his specific friends. Interesting. He goes for Matt last. Yeah. Yeah. He went for Izzy first. Because I noticed when he gets the call from his mom, he assumes it's Matt in Japanese at least. He says Yamato. Yeah, he does say that when he He runs out of his room. He's like, what? Yamato? That's weird. Maybe because I was the last person he called. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I I don't know. I guess I didn't mind not caring about other characters. I mean, this whole last arc we watched with Edamon is basically all about Ty with only fringe. The characters are there, but for like, they're barely there. It's all about Ty anyway. I'm okay with it though, because it means Ty has actually become a better person and he was kind of annoying or... Yeah. He has become a better person, but I wish... the show does not have as much memory of that as we do. Like, I feel like this episode would be more interesting if he still felt guilt about Squall Raymond, which he does. He's already moved on from that. You think? Yeah, he does move on from Queens rather quickly. I guess. You don't think so? I don't think he forgets, though, because he brings it up again in season two. Okay, that's a completely different season. <laughs> okay, all right. He brings it... I mean, I don't, I don't think he literally forgets. I think he's just not on his mind anymore. Like, I don't think... I didn't get the sense from this episode that he was guilty about it, so... Because his friends are missing. Yeah, Ty bounces from thing to thing. Whatever is most pressing. Like Coromon when they're fighting? Well, you know, kids and their Digimon, there's resemblances. I found the explanation for, like, what was going on easier to follow in the Japanese. Um, in the... In the English, Ty seems to jump to some conclusions with no evidence. Like the time travel? Yeah. Did that even come up in the Japanese? No, so that's the one thing I noticed too. I didn't notice that many differences or I've already forgotten because I watched one and then watched the other and I forget what happened in which one. Yeah. But I definitely remember that he, in the English, he sees that it's still the day he left and he jumps to, I must have time traveled. Yeah. And I remember hearing that and I was like, interesting. That is a plausible explanation because I know that it's not time travel. It's time dilation or whatever. Yeah. Time travel faster in one universe than the other. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting if when I first watched the dub, because I was like, I mean, first, this time while watching, I watched the dub first and I thought that's an interesting, plausible explanation. And then in the Japanese, his explanation is instead, I passed out and had a dream, which is so much more plausible. Right. <laughs> 
but he sees Koromon, so maybe it's not. I swallowed all of Tai's motivations much more easily in the Japanese. His motivations and his explanations for what happened. Yeah, Koromon exists. He didn't have an explanation for that, but he wasn't trying very hard to have one because <laughs> he wanted to stay. But I feel like, yeah, he, he realizes it wasn't in the Japanese. He realizes it wasn't a dream once there are television reports. Yeah. Uh, and there's an earthquake and it's Tyrannomon coming up. Yeah. But if that if those are the things that makes him snap out of it, wouldn't Koromon being there have snapped him out of it? I feel like that's less... This is an inconsistency, but it's a smaller inconsistency than most that we grab about. Yeah. I think I was also going to save this for unanswered questions, but I'll do it here because it actually legitimately confused me in the English one. Was that in the very beginning of the episode, he describes it as his hometown. So I was like... So you don't live here anymore. But then he automatically switches to like, we can go find everybody and we can go to my house and all these things. And I was like, so you do live here. Like he he talked about it as if he had only lived there in the past for a minute or something and then switched to the present. I was really confused. So I have an explanation for that. Really? Um, do tell. And I actually noticed this from reading the Digimon Wiki page about the article, about the episode, which lists dubbing differences. And I take issue with this being a difference. I think it's true in both. Um, according to the Digimon Wiki page, which I don't remember them mentioning this in the dub Ty explicitly mentions taking the subway home or no they, they say it was implied in the dub that he takes a train from where he shows up which he says is his hometown to Odaiba or wherever whatever the name is of the apartment building he lands somewhere that he says his hometown and then takes the train somewhere else and so according to the Digimon wiki page that's implied in the dub and not implied in their own Japanese I think it's implied in both I actually noticed it in the sub yeah I noticed the train in the sub and not in the dub right in the sub they yeah they don't explicitly he doesn't mention it but there is a lingering shot on the train leaving as if it's like so they, they show the train they show it leave and they show Ty I mean at the time I thought it was like oh these are the trappings of the human world don't you miss trains oh, don't yeah. you miss microwaves I don't know <laughs> <laughs> about missing appliances and stuff for some reason remind me of another difference between the English and the Japanese was that at the end of the episode when there's a newscast being shown um, in the English they were like some people have reported that they've seen monsters in our newscast if you see monsters you should probably get your head checked where in the Japanese it was just like a straight up newscast of like there was an earthquake here blah 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 I was like why did they imply in English that other people could see Digimon like that opens a whole new can of worms that is right I think uh at this point the translators knew about the movie and they knew that other kids saw uh Omnimon and and other Digimon hanging out so I don't know right but the explanation the explanation in the adventure universe is that only these kids that saw Greymon and Parrotmon can see Digimon now and then later wants to see Diaboramon and Omnimon Megamon whatever then they're digidestined everywhere there are other digidestined before that uh across uh the universe not across the universe, across the world. <laughs> because um, Michael saw Seedramon wherever he lived. Oh, is that the explanation? He saw Seedramon fight Gorilla. Oh, I forgot. I totally forgot the Myotis Monarch. Like, shouldn't there be a lot more digitizing from that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I also think it's it's something about the nature of um, different attitudes towards the media. I don't think it has to do with that. I think it has to do with the fact that the dub made it a joke. Yeah, they wanted to make um, it a joke, I think. Yeah, that's that's true, too. So I had an interesting point about this in that uh, when I tried to start watching the show in Japanese um, without subtitles and tried to um, like write down every word that said and translate it, I got about a minute in to the first episode. So I listened to that first episode over and over. And the thing they're playing on the news report this episode is that. It's the opening of the first episode. Um in the English, I think it's Thai describing things happening around the world. Yeah. But in Japanese, yeah. it's just a narrator saying there's stuff happening around the world. And that's the report in this huh. episode. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. It's also, as opposed to other times when they reuse footage, it actually ma- makes a lot of sense in this case. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so Kari. Kari exists in this arc. And she was... <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. She, um... I thought she acted way too mature, especially since in one of the previous episodes I had praised TK for appropriately being a child, acting like a child, and also being, like, good as a character. Akari was just like, what are you? Why do you behave this way? Like, why are you so composed that your big brother is here? Can you think of specific examples? Everything that she says. (laughs) 
I definitely agree with you. I'm, just, I'm trying to think of yeah. examples, too, for people who haven't seen it recently. I will try to think of an example. I found her way more disconcerting in the, in the English than in the Japanese. Because in the Japanese, she was just, like, quiet. I felt like a quiet and mature, a quiet and mature kid, while in the, the, the dub, she seemed way more just, like, preternatural. <laughs> well, in the dub, there's one line in particular where she says that, uh, in the dub, Ty asks if she's been to Digiworld. And they say Digiworld like 10 times, and I hate that word. Anyway, they, they asked, she asked, he asked her if she'd been to Digiworld, and she was like, I don't know, probably. Yeah, I have. Like, she kept mentioning, had she been there? Yeah, and she hasn't. That's a lie. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't get the impression that she was lying, just that she didn't know and she assumed yeah. she had been. But yeah. it just came off weird. They came off creepily, you know, like. Yeah. And I guess that they built a sense of suspense and mystery with that, um, which I like. But it did make her seem creepy. Yeah. And she's also creepy to Korriban later. Yeah. She's like, you should stay here, eat my watermelon. It's not poison. And stay yeah. here forever. You can stay <laughs> here forever. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> no. It was less creepy again in the Japanese. It seemed more like, you're okay, and, and it'd be okay for you to be here with me for, for you know, as long <laughs> for as you want. For eternity, yeah. She did say forever in the Japanese, I think, too. But, like, it seemed more of a lonely kid like mom and dad are out i'm lonely and sick all the time and can't play with the other kids like the the dub claimed she wasn't even sick yeah and they turned tie checking her temperature into like are you crazy you think you've been to the digital world <laughs> yeah so i also love that shot of him taking her temperature it's super cute like Aww. <laughs> I, I think it's framed well. Ty's a, Ty's a concerned brother. Like, I really, I never, I feel cheated of that. I've never seen this episode in Japanese before. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Ty, you're actually, like, growing up in this episode. Yeah. I don't think that Kari said the word forever in that, in Japanese, in that one scene, though. I'm pretty sure she was just asked both scene where you guys were like, you can stay here forever. I'm pretty sure she doesn't say eternity or forever in Japanese. No, she does say forever. No, I I wrote it down. I, oh, not in Japanese. Yeah. Oh, she right. She just says you can stay with us, not forever? Yeah, it's, it's, she's just like, you can stay here if you want. Don't you want okay. to? <laughs> Which is still like a little creepy, but not as creepy. It's not as creepy. Yeah. It's definitely creepier. So, yeah. so do, we, do we find examples for things that she says that are too mature? I just, mm, what I found too mature is the way she cut the watermelon. Like, I wanted to see her with that knife cutting it, but instead they're just like, <laughs> I have these slices of watermelon for you. I can imagine her cutting the watermelon. But maybe I want to see her I've with watched, a big knife. I've watched a lot of anime and, like, little girls preparing meals is a thing. Mm, Actually, true. little boys preparing meals is a thing, too. I'm thinking of card captors. A mystic <laughs> adventure? <laughs> Or a quest yeah. for all time. Both. Um, I think I found the way that she handled food was very mature. Like, she offered, in the Japanese at least, when she uncovers the thing on the table, she's like, you can have this if you want, and then Tai goes to make food. Right. And then she, in the Japanese, just offers him their food. I didn't like this change, actually, in from the English to Japanese. And then in the Japanese, she just offers them the food. But in English, she's like... I took a bite. I'm not hungry anymore. I'm like, do you have an eating disorder? I guess it's also because they didn't explain that she was sick. So it came off as like, seriously, do you have an eating disorder? Right. <laughs> like, like, what is happening? Yeah. And Kari, I think, is the absolute most troubling example of sacrifice, of, of a girl sacrificing lots of things. Yeah for other people i like kari but more and more what she represents makes me uncomfortable yeah <laughs> i feel like i remember season two kari more than i remember season one kari i remember season one kari more because i have seen season one more and she's you're obsessed i'm not obsessed <laughs> Season one, Kari is a lot less human. I got, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I, I was like, I feel like I don't remember being this upset about or thinking Kari was like really weird in season two at all. Yeah, there's, she's very much like a high priestess type figure. She's... I feel like she just doesn't talk that much from my memory, either. It's like this thing, they have to protect her, but... She talks. In season one or two or both? Uh, season one. Well, I don't remember enough about season one to confirm or deny this. So. <laughs> you, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll all refresh our yeah. memories on 
this. The way she handled Ty coming back when he should have been at summer camp, I thought was just very odd. I could, I'm okay with her, like, being okay with Koromon, because she has seen him before. But, like, wouldn't you be weirded out? No, she, she's seen, she's seen a Koromon. Right, she's seen a Koromon before. But wouldn't you be kind of weirded out? Your sibling can't, well, you guys don't. Well, Jeff, you have a sibling. Uh, yeah. And I guess it's a similar age, not a similar age, guys. I am also a younger sibling. Yeah, it's a bigger age gap. <laughs> but... Uh, my sister never went to, she always went to sleepaway camp, and... Well, isn't that where Ty is supposed to be? No, that's not supposed to be overnight camp, I don't think. How do we know this? I don't, I don't know if there's any indication whether the camp is an overnight camp or not. There is no indication. I always assumed it was an overnight camp for some reason. I think because they talked about cabins. Yeah, because there's a cabin, and I just assume they sleep there. But, but you can have cabins at a, at a day camp. Like. And the thing is, an overnight camp makes less sense for Ty's... When he, I think in both versions, when he knocks on the door, he's afraid that everyone will have forgotten him because it's been so long and they'll wonder where, why he disappeared. But if it's an overnight camp, disappearing for two months is plausible, you know? No, because somebody would have told them that, like, where is Ty? <laughs> yeah, like, yes. But I'm saying the, I, the, the fear of, like, having gone missing should be less if he was supposed to have been gone for two months or a month or whatever. That, that's my reason. He, he thought it could have been months or a year. He didn't know how long had passed. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. They seem close. <laughs> well, I guess later, once they get back, once they try to go home from camp, it does take them a while, from my memory. I just also, why would they make such a big deal about him going off to camp if it wasn't an overnight camp? Because I, I got the impression when he was on the phone, it's like, he says he comes, he came home early that day. And there's like, oh, he's at camp now. I just thought that was a logical thought of like, I came home early and it's like, or you just didn't go at all. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Also, also, also later on, once they actually come back, they're not skipping out from camp, right? Like, uh, there's no explanation for that, really. Cause, I like, thought, no, there was an explanation. They go home from camp because the weather's weird. Oh, uh, they all leave camp, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Digimon are the source of all global warming. All climate change. Climate change. All climate, climate change, change yes. now. Yes. My bad. Yes, actually, this, <laughs> the first episode disproved your global warming because there was snow. Every time yeah. there's snow, global warming is just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. If it's snowing I where I am right now, global warming must not be happening anywhere yeah there must be no weird weather things going on at all right yeah i find that i wouldn't say that ty has a lot of development in this episode so much as he shows a lot of the development he's accrued over the first 20 episodes is this interest what i've only heard accrued in terms of interest maybe <laughs> maybe because it's it's development we he didn't show like it's not principal development i don't know <laughs> i don't know what i don't know what's going on this metaphor is not gonna work <laughs> <laughs> um but he has just come off of his whole fear courage leadership selfishness thing with with the edamon arc he and he's sort of been he's this is sort of a reward for him coming home to air conditioning to his sister to his mother um to safety so temporarily it's it's like a reprieve and i could see why he was so content to just close his eyes until he found out that uh everything was affecting the real world too and i don't think he would have stayed because i think he would have been worried about his friends he was worried about his friends and i think that came through more well i don't think it came through more in the japanese i think it came through more consistently in the Japanese. Whereas in the dub, he was like all freaked out for a little while and then he kind of forgot about it and started freaking out about Kari possibly have going, possibly have gone, possibly having gone to the digital world. <laughs> and that's some good blue perfect tense there. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> but um the way he checks Kari's temperature the way he makes food for her which surprises her because she's like in both versions she's like you can cook and he's like <laughs> on the japanese he's like i could always cook but matt taught me this one <laughs> yeah they they rebranded matt's crest to be the crest of friendship and cooking it's true <laughs> it's true he knows how to cook but um it it's very obvious with his sister that he has grown even in these first two arcs he's grown and he's grown particularly particularly in this last arc and he goes back because it's the right thing to do his friends are waiting for him he would have gone back even if digimon hadn't been affecting the real world i think he knew he had to go back for his friends even though izzy told him not to even though izzy told him not to and that was super weird in the dub because he sounded all excited but his face was all not 
Oh, yeah, his eyes were, like, super creepy. Yeah. Wait, Ash- Ashley, you remember why his eyes are creepy, right? I'm going to go with no. Okay, okay. So there isn't, there, this, that is yeah. an important part of the next arc. I, yeah. I, I didn't remember that this happened what? so soon, but yes, I remember. This isn't, like, a throwaway thing. Like, this is a... Oh. You don't remember this? I do not remember this. You're in for a treat, I guess. That episode was weird. <laughs> it's a good episode. But, I don't know, I'm just really proud of Ty in this episode. And I feel like I kind of don't want to start the next arc because some of it's going to go away. <laughs> <laughs> some of Ty, or what? So, some of the, the nice... Some of the effort they put into writing this episode is going to go away. I definitely don't want... I, I took notes uh, for the last two minutes, or last like half minute. I was like, wow, they really ran out of animation budget for the last half a minute when they're right. in the digital world. But <laughs> and we're going to go back to our cut and paste backgrounds. Yay. That's okay. Mm. And I think in an earlier episode of Podigious that we did, we were talking about what is the turning point for Ty becoming a leader. I think this is the turning point. And he's the leader now. He's going to reclaim his troops. He did feel like a... I'm trying to think the last arc with Edamon had... Was the group treating him like a leader? I think they were. I think they were. But he wasn't a leader yet himself. He hadn't. He still had something to overcome. And I think he was a hero before he was a leader. Yeah. And I think now he's a leader. Yeah, like, I don't... I'm thinking of the scene with Joe when Ty was scared to go through the wall because he might die or whatever. And Joe is like, come on, just do it. I'm like, Joe, why don't you just go through and right? then show Ty that it's okay? But it's like, Ty is the leader, so... Right? I was thinking that too. But then I was like, Ty does need to overcome this fear. But... Joe, you really should have gone through if you were a friend, you know? You, <laughs> yeah. weren't, you weren't scared at this point. Like, what's up? My impression of that was that they needed a contrived way to make him go through and, like... Yeah, that's exactly... They needed a voice there to tell him to go through it. That's exactly what it was. Well, that's all I have to say about it. Was there anything about selfishness? He wants to stay. Mm. And that's okay. Like, in some ways, he deserves it. He deserves the air conditioning. He deserves to be with his family. He deserves to hear his mom's voice. <laughs> I got, t- I got totally different impressions about the, the voice from the mom in the dub and the sub. Uh, it might just be that I, it might not have been a difference in the versions, just that I second pass reinterpreted it. The first time I thought that he heard the voice and then was scared and was like, because they talk about how their the weather is affecting them and their trip. And I thought his impression was, oh God, they're getting attacked by Digimon. You know, like I need to save them. I need to go back. And then I found that he, he doesn't, he says he, I thought he reacted that way. And then he says like, but well, we can stay there. I thought he was just denying it. Whereas in the Japanese, or at least my second pass, I thought it was much more clear that he was like, I'm hearing my mom's voice. I want to stay here forever. Yeah. But then why does he hang up? He like, I don't understand why he hung up in either. I think that is a sign that he knew he had to go. Even as he was denying it, he knew he couldn't stay. He had to go back to save his friends. He had to go back to save the world. What he says directly after that, he hangs up and then he's like, we can stay here. He's trying to convince himself, but it doesn't sound very, Mm. he didn't sound very confident about it to me that makes sense to me yeah he like hangs up because he's like i need to go and then he pauses instead and is like uh, no let's stay like he tries to convince himself yeah he wants someone to tell him it's okay to stay he wants someone to tell him it's okay you're a kid we'll take care of it but nobody tells him that i mean kari's like yes please stay don't go but that's different that's her wanting him to stay that's but he has to go back to save his friends does any other children's show on tv or ever on tv have like two lines of dialogue and one action that is worthy of this much thought probably well plenty shut up avatar okay that i consider a different class I consider Avatar a different class because it already has recognition that it's not just for little kids. My Little Pony, is, is, I mean, that's Shut the up. same thing. Um, <laughs> can I cut you from the call? No. I'm going to threaten to do this every time, every episode. Every every time we point out you're wrong? Oh, no, no. Just yeah. whenever Ashley mentions My Little Pony or what was it last time? There was something. I don't remember. Oh, I think it was, was it the Divergent thing? Yeah. No, because I was Was it? Yeah. Anyway. I don't sorry. I just find other shows are good. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't. At some point in this conversation, I wondered what your thoughts were on the differences between um, the story that Kari presents when Koromon is on the <laughs> toilet um, about oh. Ty, about Ty coming to her rescue or whatever. I loved that. 
I forgot about that. Can you can you summarize them? Because I forgot the dub one. And I think our listeners would appreciate it. Um, the dub one was that she slipped in mud on some field trip or something. And then Ty went to play with her in it like she had meant to fall into the mud in the first place. <laughs> right. Um, what was it in the sub? In the sub, she used to wet the bed and he would go and change the sheets for her so that her parents wouldn't have to know. I thought that was so cute. And and he would say that and he would say that he wet the bed. He would take the blame for it. Yeah, and then yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh man. Oh, we have to watch the movie now. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I was that you know like actually hit me emotionally <laughs> in Which a way one? that the sheets or the the sheets the sheets mm. probably because I remember the image of uh, of little tie with a wet uh, a sheet with a little wet patch on it on a laundry line from the movie from one of the movies I don't remember which one exactly but mm. and then to know that he did that for Kari Ty is just he shows a lot more of that protective team support side that Sora was talking about before in this episode than I think he has previously. Mm -hmm. And he's surrounded in this episode by people he has to take care of. Kari is his little sister. She's sick. She's his responsibility. And we know that he feels extra responsible for her later on. We find that out. And Koromon is an in-training Digimon. And he, I noticed in the sub, he was like super babyish. And I really appreciated that. Uh, the dub sort of made excuses for him and made him sound a little smarter, I think. But the sub was just like, he has needs and he wants them filled. He wants to drink the soda. He wants to eat the watermelon. He has to poop on the table, apparently. <laughs> or Koromon. But, um... Why do they use the rose, the flowers as a metaphor for him pooping? Like, oh yeah, that was so funny. I think because they kind of look like the swirly uh, poop <laughs> uh, thing. Oh, so weird. I loved the farty noises in the sub. <laughs> okay, who, who just made those noises? Me, Ashley. <laughs> now you're being dropped from the call. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Oh, Andrew says it's a symbol of relief, the flowers. Huh. I guess that makes sense. That's not what I associate with flowers, but... Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, no. I assumed it was more of a sexual thing. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Don't make it weird. Why did you have to say it out loud? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I found the, the story with the sheets kind of strange because... I mean, okay, all your points are totally valid. I agree with them. What I just found strange about it was that Ty is older. It seems like it'd be much more embarrassing for Ty to take blame for wetting the bed than it would for Kari when she's younger. Sure, but it's less embarrassing for Kari. That's the important thing. I guess so. (laughs) I guess she really loves the sister that didn't exist until now for some reason. Right? That's probably a dubbing thing, though. This, to me, implies that Kari and Ty must have similar sheets. Does that mean they're ungendered? I like it. (laughs) I think, I mean, they used to share the same bunk bed, and I think they had similar sheets. Hmm. It just seems like a plan that might not actually work in real life to me. Yeah, maybe his parents knew. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. We, we don't see in the bunk bed, we don't see in the movie if the bunk bed has the same, maybe we, we see it, we don't remember if the bunk bed has the same sheets on it. They do show the bunk bed in this episode. Like, Ty lays on it at some point. Lies on it. Grammar. Uh, he lays on it. You lie is transitive in this case, and lay is intransitive. The two things we're seeing, right? Anything more about the story than the toilet? Why do they have, why, why in 21 episodes has there been two Two mentions of Digimon ever having to poop, of anyone having to poop, and then it's like introduces this thing that is relevant to the plot, and it's always it's always Koromon or Agumon. I don't know. Wait, why does wait wait why does in the episode on Infinity Mountain actually why does Agumon have to go to the bathroom if he didn't eat real food? Because he thinks he did. So he's imaginary pooping? Maybe. Well, isn't that what Izzy explains them all in the last episode? Is that all the humans at least are imaginary having to pee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mimi mentions having to go to the bathroom too. I, f- yeah. I, f- I couldn't understand what the re- what the conclusion was supposed to be of that. Was the conclusion supposed to be that they all don't go to the bathroom because they don't think about it? Or was it that they do and it's not real? There's no reason why bathroom operations would be different, why the output would be different than the input. Because if they don't need to pee or poop, then they shouldn't need to eat. They do need to pee and poop. What happens here happens there. So then what did, ta- what did Izzy's revelation have to do with anything? Just that their human bodies aren't doing this in the real world? Yeah, I was pretty confused. Is- I mean, Izzy's revelation is... I think it's not correct on some levels. Because <laughs> he he assumed that they were copies and that their originals were still out in the real world. He didn't know about the time dilation. Mm-hmm. And his, his assumption was that 
what happens to your digital body happens also to your real body. Right. Um, but I think it's more that their bodies were digitized and sent to the digital world. So there's not a doubling going on. There's just a... Transfer. Transfer, yeah. One could say their bodies went digital. Yes. And if one was one of the people that was going digital, one could say, I'm going digital. Yes, good. Completely Can digital. I drop Jeffrey you from the say, call? You could say, now they're invincible. That would be a weird transition. I don't know what you're going for. Let's all go digital. <laughs> yes, let's ban Jeffrey from the call. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about a theme that I found in the episode, which was a fear of abandonment. There are three characters in the episode, and all of them feel abandoned for different things. Um, it's particularly noticeable when Ty first enters his apartment, and he's afraid that his parents will have completely forgotten him. Also, Koromon is afraid that he'll never get to see home again. Uh, I can't remember if that's in both versions or if it's a detail of one of the translations. It seemed to be implied in both versions, at least. Right. And Koromon definitely wants to go home in both of them. And yeah. Kari is afraid of being left by Ty at the end and being alone again. I, so, so there's this expectation that they're all going to be afraid of abandonment, and there's the resolution for all of these fears is to not worry about them. It's not so apparent for Kari because by the end of the episode, she is abandoned. Um, but by the end of the adventure and adventure zero two seasons, uh, that's, you know, she becomes a major player and is relevant in the show much longer than Ty is. So I think that, <laughs> wow. Ouch. <laughs> I think their fear of being abandoned here is, you know, like it ends up, I'm not trying to say she, not that it becomes irrelevant, but that she overcomes it in a sense. And especially Ty's fear. I think it's most interesting to talk about Ty's fear because that plays out really quickly. He is afraid of going into his house. He's afraid that everything will have changed. His parents will have forgotten him. And then he opens the door and it's completely the same. Nothing's changed, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, they take that metaphor, not metaphor, they take that idea that you'll be afraid that sign that everything will have changed. And the real world situation will be that something will have changed, but it won't be that big of a deal. And you'll learn to get over it. I like that. Whereas they take this, they take this to the extreme to, I guess, make it more apparent that like literally nothing has changed. It's the same day. And mm-hmm. I think that's an effective way to convey that. That like you shouldn't be afraid of everything changing because like even when things do change, it won't be that big of a deal. Yeah. And I think we just had the episode where he was afraid to go through something and he went through and it turned out good. <laughs> even though he should have had no reason to because he didn't know where he was going. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> he should have died horribly, but you know, can't have everything. Have you seen this YouTube series called How It Should Have Ended that does like movies? Yes. Um, I really want to do like a How It Should Have Ended Digimon where it's just he walks into the wall and dies and then everyone <laughs> falls apart. <laughs> Sora's captured. There's a clone of that. That can be the intro to your, fa- your fan fiction. Ah, uh, no, no. <laughs> My fan fiction relies on Ty being alive. <laughs> Well, Datama can clone him. That's interesting. (laughs) I'm not doing that, though. (laughs) That would be terrible. I like real tie just as much as clone tie. (laughs) It can be like a Tsubasa thing going on. Oh, God, no. Three of them all. We are not going down that road. (laughs) Uh, Only bad things lie that way. Only things that make no sense lie that oh, way. God. Uh, and so Ugh. another thing that I thought was interesting, I was going to say interesting over and over because we're not supposed to say that word. I, I listening to our previous episodes, we say it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> we should keep it count. Oh, yeah, we should. Like in the summary of the episode, be like, we said interesting 20 times this episode. Yeah, no, we should go back and count. Oh, God. <laughs> we totally should. Maybe at the end of the season, we'll count up yes. how many times we said interesting. We should like, and then correlate it with viewers or listeners numbers i don't think that'll affect it i don't think so because we just we're just gonna get more viewers as we go on i mean we're just gonna take over the internet right like yeah yeah obviously by the end we'll everyone this will be the internet this is how you yeah. interact with the internet is by listening to this podcast yeah <laughs> i thought there were interesting comparisons this episode to gone home which is a video game that came out i guess it came out last summer um and i'm not sure most people listening to this will have heard of it um but it is just for pc and mac i believe and it's in some arguments, to some people, not even a video game because it doesn't involve, there really aren't many mechanics. It's really just you are a character who explores a house and there's a story that develops as you explore this house, but it's not about interacting with people. There's no, you don't see anyone in the course of the explaining this house. It's all environmental storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it was very similar in the framing of that game is that you haven't gone for a while, you enter this house. Um, but in everything else, it's very different. Um, this, the plot of that game is that you haven't gone, I think, abroad for a year, maybe it's two years, and you return home and your family has moved. Um, so it's a completely new house to you. But you also, as you are learning what happened, what has happened to your family, so many things have changed. Um, and so it makes sense in that because it's like you don't know, but it, it, you are learning for the first time just as your character would be learning for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like the grown up version of the story where this the episode, the story this episode tells is that you'll be afraid of change and don't worry about it because nothing like it won't be that big of a deal. Whereas Gone Home is more about things will change and it's kind of scary. <laughs> Um, especially the game. It's, it's pretty scary. Ash, yeah, Ash yeah. Pretty freaked out. The game, I was like, is something terrible going to happen to me? <laughs> like, Did anything terrible happen? No. No. I don't think that's swelling too much. And I'm going to I'm gonna play this game. <laughs> you should. Wait, so Ash, have you heard about it otherwise? I've otherwise? heard about it, yeah. There's a lot that you can't really say without spoiling things. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. It kind of gives the impression that you're going to be attacked at any minute. Yeah, but as long as you say we're not, then I, I will play it. Because I, I can't do jump scares. <laughs> I can't. Uh, yeah, so that, that game's really cool. And I think it's interesting to look at these two stories as similar but for different audiences kind of mm-hmm. they're also similar in that they are both set in the 90s and they have very <laughs> nostalgic 90s things about them yeah. <laughs> this episode doesn't really have that much nostalgic that's nostalgic true but the movies with the mute the, the, the dub soundtrack oh my god yeah i mean i just also you know the whole digital everything that's digital and it is kind of outdated a little bit <laughs> somewhat <laughs> sounds like fun yeah I, I brought up a little bit of what I was thinking about with regard to Digiworld and Digimon mechanics in this episode with uh, how Koromon wasn't Digivolving until he was in trouble. But uh, there were other interesting things we haven't had a chance to see before in in the show where the electronics were going haywire while uh, interesting digital Digimon stuff was going down. That happened this episode? Yeah. Um, when uh, I think when Izzy calls... Some things go weird. Mm. Yeah, his digivice goes off, and then I think something on the microwave goes off. Oh, and doesn't the TV like turn off in the air conditioning? Yeah, the air conditioning. Not the off. air conditioning. Not the I know, air right? <laughs> the air, everything, and then the computer turned on. The air conditioning to to you must be like holy in Florida. Yes, it is. It is actually too <laughs> hot in here right now. I want to die. I mean, I'm, I'm in a sleeveless shirt. Uh, uh. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yes, air conditioning is very important, but um, that's the first time we see that. This is the... I actually can't think of any other interesting digital mechanics. <laughs> my, my main point was the uh, how, at least in the dub, Koromon was having trouble digivolving until he was in trouble. Mm. Um, so I thought they were in, the mechanics that stood out to me were the, the whole transportation to and from the digital world. Mm. And... Uh, I really questioned what attacking would the explosions. So I understand that, you know, Metal Greymon didn't really destroy Adamon, that he barely even attacked him. It was just a attack that triggered some kind of reaction with the Dark Network, right? And yes. makes you kind of wonder if any of the Digimon could have done that, because at that point, none of them would try to attack. They're all just afraid because they've lost Adamon before that they won't be able to do anything. And it makes you wonder if, like, you know, if any of them could have just launched something into the network. And Well, I think it did require a certain amount of power to react that powerfully. I'd like to believe that. But so, <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't make any sense that that would happen, that Adamon would get sucked up by it, that Tai and Agamon, Tai and Metal Greymon would get sucked up by it, and Tai and Koromon would end up in the real world and Edmon would, whatever happens to him, end up in limbo. <laughs> and and then at the end of the episode, once, I think it's once Agumon attacks Ogumon, the portal opens, and then Ogumon falls up through it, uh, Agumon falls up through it, and then Tai falls up through it, and then Agumon and Tai end up in the digital world, and nothing happens to Ogumon. He probably went somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, so that's a minor issue, though, like, the fact that uh, Edamon ended up somewhere else other than the Edamon ended somewhere else and that Ogremon ended up somewhere else. That's just a minor consistency. What I just find weird about it is like the mechanics for these portals opening isn't really explained. And without it being explained and without it being mentioned later on as being a possible way to get to and from the digital world, it bothers me. It feels like an inc- inconsistency. But then I start thinking about it and I'm like, why does it matter? Like this episode is pretty great for several different things. And if they need to introduce some random deus ex machina plot hole that they need to fall through to end up in the real world, you know, maybe it's worth it. <laughs> do you just dis- do you disagree? Well, I'm trying to think of other times they go to and from the world and the only 
it always does seem to require a great deal of power. Uh, there's this time with the uh, uh, blowing up Edamon. Mm-hmm. There's they defeat Myotismon. Jedi makes a rainbow bridge or something. Right back to the digital world. Uh, yeah, back to the digital world. And before that, when they get to the real world from from the digital fire, some kind of arcane mumbo jumbo. <laughs> there's a door. And then the last time, last time there's a solstice thing. So in season one, anyway, the mechanics between getting there and back always require something dramatic. Well, Agumon opens it at the end of this episode without anything really dramatic. Was that was that Agumon? I thought it was like the attack hit Ogremon that opened the portal, but I might be misremembering. No, I think it happened when Ty's Digivice went off. Yeah, I think so. Still, that doesn't require much power. It was definitely before Agumon attacked Ogremon. Oh. Yeah. But either way, it's not really a... It doesn't fit that theory. Well, the Digivices are more powerful than we know, and all that was required the first time they went to the digital world was a Digivice and the Aurora. One Uh, Digivice for each kid. But I assumed that that was them being pulled in by an external force. And maybe an external force was calling Ty at that moment. That's true. Maybe because of the time dilation, maybe lingering power from the original explosion pulled him back in anyway. Hmm. Or maybe every time there's a plot hole, there is an external force that is controlling everything. The plot hole is the external force. The, the plot <laughs> hole is, is what we go through. It's, it's, it's a transportational... <laughs> Thing. They fall through the pothole. And <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. This reminds me of um, in Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger does a lot with time travel. And they're pretty good about it in general, but there are, if you take the rules they lay out, and they don't lay out explicitly, but if you take the things that they, the general things they lay out and form rules from that, there are, there are some inconsistencies. And at least when I was part of the fandom a while ago, like eight years ago, the predominant theory was that there was a thing called the entity that basically controlled events in ways that, to fit the things that didn't make sense. Like there is a character that in some, based on some child, time travel, like, you know, should have disappeared at some point, but oh, it's because the entity saved her, or maybe mm. the opposite, that there's a character that disappears with no explanation if you actually look at the time travel rules, and in the story it's just like, time travel, she disappeared, I don't know. And <laughs> so the theory is like, oh, the entity took her. And this is what this reminds me of, that like, because there's not much explanation for Jedi, or I forget what the details are, whatever Jedi is, and if there are others like him, that we can infer tons of this stuff. You guys are hurting my brain. <laughs> at least there's no time travel in Digimon yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> oh, there is in Hunters. There's technically okay. Andrew says Rio is time travel. What? Oh yeah, that's right. Does he, he does. He doesn't time travel in the show though, right? It's only in the video games, in the Wonder Song games. Andrew's not saying anything. Yes. Says- yes to what? <laughs> <laughs> are we actually going to keep any of this talking to andrew stuff in because i think it we should have said it we should have introduced him yeah we should have been like andrew we've now employed andrew <laughs> ash's brother to be our fact checker <laughs> as we go along they have to see digit they have to see a digimon before they become digidestined right and yet you can't see a digimon unless you've already seen digimon yeah it's a little messed up, but I think there's, you know, a prevailing idea, not just in Digimon, but it, across cultures that kids see more than adults do. Uh, that's true. And the the thing I exp- had to explain it in, explain it away, was that the Digimon, that some Digimon are, you know, like only kind of in the world. They're like, they're passing through. So things like Ogremon wouldn't be seen to everyone because he's just kind of not fully there. Yeah, he was kind of see-through. Yeah. That Ogremon was the creepiest Ogremon. <laughs> Yeah. I'm wondering if that Ogremon was written in before they thought about redeeming the Ogremon we knew. Because, like, I don't know, it seemed weird to have... Because at this point, it's like, yeah, we do vilify Ogremon. Yeah. Well, I don't. He's kind of silly. I don't really vilify him more as I think he's really silly. He is super silly. Yeah, this one is super scary. This one's scary. The other one's just like, I'm stupid. I talk about armpits or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I even edited that clip in. I don't remember what that was about. That stupid thing. You over my funny. stupid, over my stinky armpits. <laughs> I'm not editing that in this time. Okay. <laughs> that would be funny if I had like a soundboard where I could just like play back all the quotes we had, all the ridiculous dialogue quotes. That would be funny. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> I listen to other podcasts where they have a soundboard like that and just do it to... <laughs> the one that I found the most funny is a podcast that has lots of clips of the other person talking so they can just confuse them, confuse the audience into not knowing if the person's real or fake. <laughs> <laughs> I want 
talk about is the memory that I had this episode as a kid versus the reality of watching it now. Um, and I guess this is a recurring theme throughout this whole podcast, but explicitly about this episode. Um, I don't remember my reaction to the final scene with um, with Ogreman and I guess after Ogreman's gone and, and uh, Ty is floating up and saying goodbye to Kari. I don't remember my reaction at the time. What I do remember is, you know, not that long ago, a couple of years ago, seeing, I guess, screenshots of that scene and having very nostalgic, like, not just nostalgia, but like, wow, that scene was super sad. Like, I could just feel sadness from looking at it. Yeah. And maybe that just is a testament to how well it's framed, that it just feels sad by just looking at it. But I also assume that my reaction as a kid was that I was super sad watching this. And watching the dub now, I don't see how you can feel sad watching this because it, it's so silly. I don't know. It's not what? so silly. Okay. I felt sad at the end. Am I am I overreacting? I'm probably overreacting. Uh, I don't. I mean, like the the hand thing of like I'm gonna keep holding onto your hand until it slips away is such a overused trope, but it is emotionally <laughs> effective. Yeah. Okay, that's an overused trope. But is the guy is one half of the hand falling up? That's unique. Yeah, that's the unique part of it. <laughs> I don't think I was that sad watching it as a kid i was sadder watching it this time and like actually paying attention to how much detail they put into that hand scene yeah yeah well i don't remember watching it so i guess my assumptions were pretty maybe unfounded that i probably wasn't that sad as a kid uh it's probably just looking back on it that i felt nostalgic and sad because the scene it's like the shot itself is pretty sad looking it may be sadder to us now because we're older and we have actually experienced uh, probably loss and yeah. leaving in a way we didn't when we were little. I think there's also when I see Kari, like, I don't know if it's like, I, I also think about how she grows up. We see her grow up in a way that the thing that she is, like the character she is in this season is so different from what she is next season. And in a way that's different for the, for the other protagonist, for it's different for TK and Kari than it is for the other protagonists because their characters change so much in a way that's like, I guess echoes our nostalgia. We are kind of like oh, that, that little girl that Kari was, you know, it, it is gone by the end of the season um, in a way that if it were just one, if we didn't see her grow up, mm. it's weird because the fact that the fact that adding on a second season should not, you know, like the, the character that is Kari the first season stops existing at the end of that season, regardless of whether there's a second season or not. And yet the fact that we see her grow up in some ways feels sadder to me because like it, she's not there forever. Like she, she grows up in canon. I don't know. I mean, she retains some of that high priestess uh, impossible girl uh, aura she has but yeah she does grow up yeah she grows up uh, i think it's a, those, those things are more problematic when she's in when she's older because when it's younger it's i can write it off because it's because she's a kid and when she's older it's because she's a girl mm-hmm. yeah Blah, girl. we'll always have the dark ocean episode <laughs> is that i guess that, yeah. that's worse yeah We'll always have the dark ocean episode where she has to go get saved because she's a girl. And she is the light that everyone desires. Yeah. And fight over. Well, so is Ken. <laughs> Going back later and realizing that Ken had the same dark ocean problems made that a little bit better for me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, the uh, the foreshadowing. I oh, so, so Andrew thinks it's talking about Izzy. I'm not talking about Izzy. I'm talking about the eighth child, which, upon actually watching it now with some level of intelligence, is extremely blatant in both versions. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I think the line in the English. Oh, I can't remember what the lines are. I think about the it. line in Jap- the English was like, "Who knows? She may be having an adventure, something like that." Yeah, she may be having an adventure, her, her own adventure soon. They were less. They were less explicit. They were less explicit than uh, the Japanese was. The Japanese was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, did I write it down? I didn't it's, write it down. It's something like she was going to join us soon. Yeah, right? something like that. Yeah, the Japanese made it really obvious. And they do they sh- they show her digivice on the table, right? Yes, they do in both versions. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember if that was like I'm remembering that picture now, and I can't remember if that's my imagination as a kid or nope, it's if it actually was in the episode I watched today. <laughs> it was absolutely there, and it's like it's so weird to me because I explicitly remember as a kid when they were in Japan later on in the series and searching for the eighth child. Um, Fox Kids made a lot of in a lot of advertising hyped up like who's the eighth child i remember my dad who'd never watched the show was even like would make fun of me and be like he'd pick me up from school and be like do you know who the eighth child is and (laughs) (laughs) knowing your dad it's so funny to me It must have been hyped up enough to like, you're not just during kids cartoons. And it seems so weird to me because, and I also remember my friends at the time, like I was like, it's definitely Kari guys. And they were like, uh, I don't know. It was definitely Kari. Right. That's the I, I never saw, I never like noticed the Digivice in this episode, <laughs> but like I knew as soon as I knew that t- 
Ty had a little sister, I was like, okay, she's the eighth child. <laughs> he has a little sister that's named, like... Yeah, who else could it... What was the speculation? Who else could it... Was a candidate? That's the thing. There's no other, like... There's <laughs> right? no other obvious target. You just assume it's gonna be someone new. I don't know. <sighs> so I understand that those commercials and all this type would appeal to people who hadn't seen this episode, but I definitely saw... My friends definitely saw this episode, too, and I just, like... Do we have such short attention spans that not all of us saw this last minute of the episode or something? I don't know, man. I mean, because I didn't watch it from the beginning, I honestly don't remember seeing this episode. But then I would have mm. already known who the eighth child was because I watched the middle of it. <laughs> right. So strange. Yeah, so I didn't see any of this hype because I didn't watch the show then. I also find it weird that that the writers, while writing the first half of the adventure, did not have in mind, did not plan for an eighth child. And yet they definitely... Like, why would they introduce Kari in the movie? I guess just to be, like, entire little sister. I still don't believe that. It seems pretty weird. Yeah. I still don't believe that uh, this came out, that the movie came out before the show. I, I just... Oh, well, it definitely did, according to dates. <laughs> according to according time. To <laughs> this is This is, like, documented history, right? Like, this isn't... It was before 2000, but it, it's still recorded history. I don't know. I don't think those times exist. <laughs> I, I have much more doubt about the consensus in the fandom that the eighth trial wasn't planned. Like, yeah, this seems really weird to me. But I guess, I don't know, I, I guess it does make sense to introduce more characters than, you know, to give more depth to it. It seems a little bit fake to be like, and there's this sister. Oh, by the way, we only introduced her because she's important later on. You know, like... But they don't others have sisters? Why aren't they... That's true. Age? Joe has an older brother, I definitely remember. Joe's, uh, Joe has two older brothers, actually, in the sub. Um, they condense him into one in the dub, which makes what? Joe's entire character motivation really confusing. No, he has two brothers, and one of them does become a Digi-Destined after um, season two. What? Yep. Uh, Wait, he... what? No. Wait, you mean yeah. like everyone at the end of season two gets to Digimon? Well, yeah. I mean, but he... Like there's, everyone. There's a drama CD that comes out that takes place in between the end of, um, you know, the end of the last fight and the epilogue, where uh. um, Joe, one of Joe's brothers, uh, Davis's sister, June, uh, two of Yoli's siblings some number of yoli's siblings possibly singular all get uh digivices and partners hmm. so yes <laughs> it does happen i guess at some point you're like we want to have more digidestined we have these characters already written let's just do this easier than writing new characters <laughs> well it also makes sense uh you know given that somebody has to see a digimon in order to become a digidestined <laughs> Why does Koromon know what a policeman is in the dub? If you just if you just add in the dub at the end of everything, it'll be like, yeah, cause dub. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, god, I didn't even remember. Well, they do have a sheriff in the digital world. <laughs> okay. If you consider Adventure Zero Two canon. <laughs> Which I do. <laughs> just so you know. Um, why does Ty refer to the Ferris wheel outside of his balcony as a satellite dish? That was confusing. Yeah, that's super That weird. was definitely a Ferris wheel. I mean, maybe he didn't mean that literally, and just they, they mentioned satellite dish while showing the Ferris wheel. Maybe, yeah. Mm, yeah, it was so weird. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> um, how can Ty talk to Izzy through his computer if he does not have a mic on his computer? <laughs> well, does Izzy hear Ty? Yeah, yeah at least not, one not in the dub. Not in the dub. He doesn't hear him in the dub, but he does. Wow, the dub actually does something better. <laughs> he does. I didn't like that, but um, he does hear him in the Japanese. He's like, hmm. "Really, you're home? That's weird. Stay there." Yeah. <laughs> While yeah. in the dub, he's like, "I don't know where you are. What happened to you? But stay there." <laughs> <laughs> it must be better than here, <laughs> right? My my unanswered question is why are his family's shoes there? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they left. Why are their they shoes were murdered? There? <laughs> also, I think this is only a dub question again. But Agumon is like, why is this place so small or something? And Tai is like, it's an apartment. But Agumon made an apartment joke about the. Koromon being locked up in that Pagumon episode, so he should have known what an apartment is, so why is he confused? Because <laughs> dumb. <laughs> Such a, like, I remember this one dialogue from five episodes ago where he said this one thing, and then it doesn't correlate with this one, dog in this episode. <laughs> it's true, though! <laughs> like, like you, like you wouldn't point that out if you'd noticed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... <laughs> 
so my okay why was the apartment door unlocked because kari was home she's a little girl with a fever because they want their daughter to be kidnapped <laughs> oh that's what the, the shoes were were kidnapper yeah they wanted her, the daughter to be kidnapped oh i see <laughs> Dialogue draft. Woo! So we're only doing one each, right? Yes. Yeah. Can I can I have one with a fallback? Like if you point out something about it and it's not funny anymore, can I fall back to a different one? Sure. Uh okay. <laughs> okay. None of these is like super funny. But I actually liked that this is from the recap of the last episodes. And Ty says something like We staged a great plan to break into the pyramid and rescue her. A plan so good it actually worked. <laughs> and I'm like it just points out the ridiculousness of how plans always go wrong. <laughs> it's like genuinely funny. I don't think it's ridiculous that the plans actually work. Or I don't think it's ridiculous that plans usually fail. I think it's ridiculous that the plan did work because it like wasn't that well thought out. <laughs> you know, I just ran into the wall, happened to go through the weak point, And yeah, but I yeah. found that funny because it's like, you should not be feeling so good about yourself. Yeah. I have two. No. Um, okay. Every time Ashley has gone last, she's, she's taken, picked two. Yeah, I she takes an opportunity to be like, "Well, my other pick was this." Right. I know. I noticed that. <laughs> um. Such a cheater. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not cheating. Are we going? Are we going for ridiculous or are we going for funny? Whatever you think is the best. Okay. Well, then I'm gonna go with what I thought was funny, and it was Koromon, and he's like. They've just met Kari, and she called him Koromon, and Ty's like, what? And Koromon goes, maybe she knows my name because your sister's a lot smarter than you. I was like, oh, sick burn. Oh, yeah, that was so funny. Koromon, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a great guy. So, okay, so here's mine. I think it's really funny, but it may have just misheard something. So it's when Kari's feeding watermelon to Koromon, and he says, Boy, oh boy, if there's one thing I duly love, I duly love this watermelon. I think he was trying to say truly with his mouth full, but it was oh. cute. It was cute oh. hearing it as duly. So I, I thought it was just a stupid... Oh, that makes so much more sense. I was like, <laughs> do you think duly is a word in English? Dubber? Well, it like, is. It is, actually. What? D-U-L-Y. Yeah. Oh. It is a word. Well, that's a different meaning. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote it down as dolly. Well, I wrote it down as do-ly and then autocorrected to dolly. Okay, well, I'm going to go with a different one then, because that one wasn't that funny, given that it actually made sense. So it's when Tai and Agu, or Gorman, are in the park in the very beginning, and there's a little girl, and Tai's like, Are you a real girl or a digital girl? <laughs> and I'm just like, it's so ridiculous to say to a real person. <laughs> well, he didn't know she was a real person. Yeah. Um, so I have a question, totally relevant to this, and I'll cut it out, but isn't there a scene, like a flashback with Kari and Tai about a soccer ball? Yes, that happens later. Okay. Is it during the Machine Jamon stuff? Yes. It happens when she gets sick again. But we'll get to that. Andrew said that the, he was confused about the digital girl because the animation got so much better. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. Although the animation of the characters, I usually don't mind too much. It's the animation of the backgrounds that ugh, ugh, makes me vomit. No, I often mind the animation of the characters. They draw their eyes really weird sometimes. Mm-hmm. Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, artwork for the Digimon movie soundtrack. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I own that. <laughs> I, I looked at it too carefully once, and I'm just like, oh, God. Uh, Terry yeah. Ramon's eye is, like, on different sides of his head and stuff. <laughs> Don't look at it too hard. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. You shouldn't look at the animation too hard in any of these series. You can find the show notes for this episode at podagist.com slash five. We're at podagist on Twitter, and I'm at Jeff and Lee Jeff, though I don't tweet about Digimon much. You can send us feedback about the show at podditchesagmo.com. If you found us on the web and are listening on the site, you should subscribe to the show on iTunes or in any podcast app. If you like the podcast, which you hopefully do if you've listened this far, we'd really appreciate it if you take a minute to leave us a review on iTunes so other people can find the show. Next week, we're covering episodes 22 through 28. We'll return to the digital world to watch the kids wander around metaphorically and then chase a vampire back to Japan, not metaphorically. Bye. Bye bye. See you the next time, Space Cowboy. I suppose all your names start with A. Yeah, you need to get out of this podcast because your name doesn't start with A. I kind of like the idea of not explaining and just like having this mysterious voice that we talk to called Andrew <laughs> that like is our 
is our external entity that controls us. I kind of like it too. Let's not introduce him. <laughs> you are not. Oh, first of all, you spelled Ophanimon wrong, and you are not. <laughs> or Ophanimon is so much more tragic. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, she kind of is. Because she's Gatoman. She's a fully evolved form of Gatoman. Well, we could we could record the podcast in Hebrew. Yeah, you could just talk to us in Hebrew. Uh, shalom. 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 Uh, Boker Tov. <laughs> I, I said goodbye. Mazel Tov. <laughs> Ashley, that's racist from you. <laughs>